Good afternoon. This is Dr. Saul Goldstein. The, uh, the opinions expressed by these two, uh, you know, uh, fellows, uh, uh, colored folks, uh, may or may not be the opinions of uh, their employers uh, or mine. Uh, holla at me. If I speak, I am in, in big trouble. In big trouble. And I don't want to be in big trouble. Chop Soccer is back in the building. We got a special guest with us, Jacob Payne, a.k.a. Hey. 50 Plus Derner, a.k.a. WooCGX. We in here to talk some German soccer, man. How you feeling, Jake? Uh, I was good until you put my middle legal male name out there. <laughs> we'll bleep it out. for. Uh, hey, listen, <laughs> listen, none of y'all are allowed to call him it's an inside joke. Don't get hit. Don't there, get yeah, there is hit. a licensing process to using that. So. <laughs> well, they're not going to hear it anyway. Man. Well, they're not going to hear it anyway because uh, we're going to bleep it twice. <laughs> I'm good, bro. Uh, I'm always happy to be here, especially with the boy. Like, yes, sir. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, man. That Chicago love, man. Uh, quick question for y'all. Most valid slice in Chicago just straight up slice like no the whole pie none of that nah slice because i mean the the slice is the pie anyway so yeah that's fair uh hold on let me hit the phone really fast we don't really got slices like that like they do in new york though yeah because y'all uh, have like they're just like take this trying to debate about oh listen bro <laughs> don't ever say that again out loud all i'm what? saying is the the energy you defend new york pizza with should be spent on chopped cheese. That's all I'm putting. There. Okay. <laughs> There's nothing in this realm of living that can keep up with chopped cheese. Y'all are spending energy in the wrong place. Yeah. <laughs> in Chicago, you either have like lasagna pizza or you have like tavern style that's cut into a million pieces. So yeah. like you don't really get yeah, like tavern style is supposed to be the one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tavern style is it. But I mean, like it's it's. I don't want to say it's all the same, but I mean, it's the same recipe all over Chicago. So. Right. Oh, my God. Well, anyway, we're here to talk German soccer, not pizza. Anyway, <laughs> Jake, man, uh, you are the uh, Bundesliga correspondent. Like everybody knows, if you want to know what's going on over there in Deutschland, you need to talk <laughs> to Jake. And uh, we have a few questions to run off for you. The first one is, I think... The Bundesliga is in week two. And yep. you let me know in pre-production. Uh, what is the biggest off-season story that happened in the Bundesliga? Man, I think the two biggest ones have to be the whole saga with Lewandowski and Bayern. That got drawn out like super, super long. Um, <laughs> and if, if, I bet Ken can probably laugh now. Lewandowski's probably deeply regretting that move now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Or at least like leaving like that. Uh, he didn't leave very good. Um, yeah. he Holland leaving with big. I think those. I'm not someone who like on my show. I try to not focus on Dortmund and Bayern, but like admittedly, those are the two huge storylines over the season. You're losing two massive strikers, and like people are kind of like, "What's the league gonna look like now?" And like for a non-Bayern and Dortmund storyline, um, it was watching Eintracht Frankfurt, who won Europa League, watching them kind of figure out what they're going to do going forward. They're having a slow start to the season, which we'll talk about later. But 
Um, just seeing them kind of make moves, kind of see how they're going to juggle Champions League and with the bad positioning they had last year in the table. Uh, so really big storylines across like the league, but I would say for, for most people, those are probably the three biggest ones. Yeah, man. Lewandowski going to Barca was like, okay, you know, it makes sense. You want to go to one of the top clubs in the world, but then the whole development about the financial situation over there. I don't know how that's going to play out. Barca is trying to sell everything. They selling sneakers. They selling uh, executive suits. They (laughs) They they got players on layaways. Snotskis and all type of shit. (laughs) They got NFTs. They got crypto. They They trying to find any way to make make those salaries work. Even his uh, announcement video looks like it was just made... You could, there's the, the person who's filming it. If you go back and watch it, the person who's filming it's finger is in, is in the no, show. No, <laughs> no, bro. I'm telling you, bro. It was filmed on an iPhone 13. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, listen, they are on a budget over there. A serious budget. Um, what are the main storylines heading into the first quarter of the league season? Yeah, I would say now developing, I would say probably the biggest is Leverkusen. So Leverkusen is a team that is always making Champions League. This was actually going to be a big season for them because, like I said before, with the two strikers, Holland and uh, Lewandowski leaving, they have Patrick Schick. And even though Florian Beers is out, this is still a team that should be honestly competing with Bayern and other teams every year. They're currently... In the dirt, they are. They have not won a game. They lost to Augsburg this past weekend for the first time ever. They got eliminated from the from the cup competition, the DFB Pokal, by a newly promoted third team. So technically mm-hmm. a fourth team. Uh, they're just having a rough few games. I think that's the biggest thing to watch right now is like what is happening with them. They could bounce out of it, but I mean they look they 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 look kind of dis, discombobulated right now. Yeah. Wasn't uh, Patrick Schick supposed to be like the third best striker, like you were saying, in the league behind uh, Lewandowski and Holland? Because he had that great, was it the Euros uh, a summer or two ago? Yeah, he had that? the Euros. He scored like 20 goals in one of the seasons he was in. Mm-hmm. Um, he was, I mean, people, if you look at like pre preseason predictions from the bigger name journalists, they were all picking him for golden boot. Um, but it's looking like they, they put their focus in the wrong area. They need some defenders. They need to uh, have have like a retreat somewhere. They need to figure out what's going on. <laughs> I mean, yeah. honestly, these types of starts to the season can, in a, in a league like the Bundesliga, can just bury your chances for, for getting first place. Like Bayern's not going to slip up that much. And mm-hmm. if you're slipping up already this early in the year, like it's going to make catching them impossible. So, yeah. For somebody that's new to even the idea of Bundesliga, right? Uh, you know, niggas don't speak German like that. Right, right, right. <laughs> but, yeah. but, 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 you know, people still may find interest, right? There's a commonality in soccer that can attract you to any number of things. You know, most of the fans that I know have teams all around the world that they support. But, you know, for our general demographic, you know, they're not really checking for Bundesliga like that. One, because of the language barrier. And then two, just because of, you know, an aversion to the idea of German anything, (laughs) you know, given the historical context. But, you know, can you talk a little bit about your attraction to Bundesliga uh, 
uh, how you got into it, and you know some of the things that separate that league from the rest of the top leagues around the world. Yeah, so I'll start off with saying I completely understand Black people's aversion to Bundesliga because I think in German Germany's overall kind of mentality of just like kind of erasing race and just being like, oh, everyone's German, even though when it comes to practice, it's not true. Um, <laughs> in doing that, Germans are just associated with whiteness in a way that I think is kind of unfair from living there and also mm-hmm. just seeing how Germany's progressing now. It is way more racially diverse than before. But mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, like when you see pictures of stands and like when you see coaches and things like that, you don't really see black people. And that's something I hope changes in the future, but I totally get the aversion to it. However, I think when it comes to the things that people love about soccer most, which is fan culture, when it comes to exciting play, like like really exciting play, like goals and all of that, uh, when it comes to it, I think Bundesliga has very, very, very good kits too. I think you really can't match the Bundesliga, honestly. Like fan culture is one of the big, big things that pretty much every German team puts forward. Uh, you can just see it even on match days. Like you can really count on your finger which teams don't have impressive home atmospheres. And even for away matches, like Eintracht Frankfurt, like FC Cologne, like Dortmund, like they bring 3,000 fans to away matches and you can hear mm-hmm. them too. So, and for goals, like, I mean, the one thing that's always a joke about Leverkusen is they marginally believe in defending, but like a lot of other teams kind of do too. Like you're never really getting zero zero draws in the Bundesliga. Mm-hmm. Um, I think just like you can go into matches really expecting either multiple goals or like a four zero or three zero. Like, I think that really goes to like, you feel like you're getting your time's worth out of it. So, yeah. Um, speaking of the fan culture in the Bundesliga, which would be, you know, a draw for somebody that has no understanding of what's going on over there. Uh, you run a show called 50 plus Derner, which is a play on one of the, you know, overarching themes about what the Bundesliga is with the 50 plus one rule. Can you talk a little bit about that and what it means? Yeah. 50 plus one rule is always hotly debated amongst German supporters and German executives. Even Um, the idea of it is that you keep kind of like some kind of fan control over the team. So you don't have these things that happen with like Newcastle and Manchester city teams like that, where, a giant thing that like probably had never been in the stands before is kind of taking over and moving the club in a direction that they don't want to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think everyone has their own type of view on it too, honestly, like, um, but mostly like fans, fans want it to, to be there. Right. Like a lot of these teams have member boards and like, you can like Hertha Berlin, they just made their, their club president voting uh, they they voted in someone who had been in the ultra scene like forever, you know, like mm-hmm. you have this kind of thing to happen in in the in the Bundesliga that I think just put it really above every other league. Um, and it happens in the second league too, obviously. But um, fifty plus one also is just kind of like um, people kind of use it as like oh, it kind of keeping people from being competitive in the league, and I don't think that's true. But like I said, like. It is something that's very big. It's something that's very complicated, but it is the reason that 
supporters tickets are so cheap usually. I did a thing on my show a few weeks ago about comparing like standing room tickets in the first league to MLS tickets and like you could watch Bayern, you could get three like Atlanta United standing room section tickets for the price of one Bayern across the year. Like Bayern muted. Oh wow. So <laughs> I mean 50 plus one has its <laughs> 50 plus one has its has its merits. I'm a big supporter of it, but it's always something that pops up every single year because um, you get some club presidents that are like it's holding us back from competing with Bayern. When I think more so like TV revenue distributions, the kind of biggest culprit, but um, it is kind of sinister having someone like Hanover '96 be like, "Oh, this is kind of keeping the lead down," but. That's kind of what it is. It's always super complicated, but um, I think it's just really, really important. Yeah. I think it's really healthy for the league, too. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you, of course, you're going to have your outliers like Bayern, but for the most part, like, you know, just the, like you were saying, like, you know, just the ability for fans to be able to afford tickets both home and away, like, really makes the difference when it comes to, like, that atmosphere and that support. Like, you know, like people, people talk about like the yellow wall and like Dortmund, like it's like mythological, like, you know, you see it on TV, it's like 40,000 strong in one area of the pitch, like, you know, all doing shit in unison, like stuff like that. Like, I don't think you get that anywhere else, like, you know, because they don't have like, you know, 50 plus one or like, you know, these other like, you know, really fan driven initiatives that make things like really affordable you know just for the everyday person like you know like jake was saying like you know atlanta is one of the cheaper mls places to go and like you know you can still get like you know buyer munich tickets for the season cheaper than you can for just like three mls games and like it might not sound like much but that makes a difference right yeah. like especially in in any kind of economic thing like you know you can't lease have something to go to. Like at the end of the day, like having a season ticket be $500 is just like, you know, what are you really getting out of it? Like what, what are you getting from the team from MLS that really constitutes that being three times more than the team that has won the league 11, well, getting ahead of myself 11 times, but like 10 times in a row. It's right, right. It's just kind of gross, and you know you do see it like people complain about it in the Premier League too about just being priced out of having fun, and I think that's yeah. something that Bundesliga fans are very conscious of, and pretty much every team, um, minus a few, uh, try to keep that culture going in their in their stands. Yeah. Uh, who are the most exciting teams to follow as a casual fan? Goat team. Well, <laughs> you don't. Uh, <laughs> unbiased (laughs) um but honestly i think like the thing that's exciting about bundesliga is really any team is super exciting except i would say augsburg and augsburg is still exciting (laughs) because at the end of the year there's always a storyline with every single team you look at even augsburg who i make fun of all the time on my show like they still when you get to like April, they just find some way to not get relegated. They'll be in the relegation zone all year and then they're just figure it out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like I'm just going to cheat a little bit here, but like Hoffenheim even like Hoffenheim 
people kind of overlook and like don't really pay attention to and then next thing you know they're in fifth for most of the year and you're like what like who is good how's that happening and I think just like any team my my advice for when people ask like what team should I like I'll, I would say FC Calm but if you don't want to do that <laughs> uh, <laughs> just like watch a game kind of like especially now that fans are back like feel out like what the home atmosphere is like when they look in the stands like do you like the imagery like do you like how they play too like a lot of these teams have very very like unchanging characteristics to how they play um i think that's like really the most important thing again like i honestly don't even fault people for liking Bayern too because at the end of the day like Bayern has a very strong supporters culture you saw that last year with um, I, I think like Byron was trying to get some sponsorship from Cutter and like the fans just like took over that board meeting and said no. Um, so Absolutely I don't, not. I don't think you can really go wrong with any team, but I would just say feel it out. Um, I know it's kind of hard cause German teams like to kind of like think of themselves very insular. And I don't know if that's a question later, but I think the one thing that hurts German teams a lot is they think that it's kind of a waste of time to advertise internationally because they just kind of figure that Bayern and Dortmund are going to be people's choice anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, like, for example, one of the most exciting teams right now, Freiburg, they don't have an English Twitter account. So, like, that kind of stuff. But just kind of feel out, like, research teams' histories and stuff like that. And I think you, like, it's really How hard to go wrong other than, like, RB Leipzig. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what teams do you think will start fast and what teams do you think will start slow? I know we're already in week two, so you have a little cheat sheet. Yeah. But <laughs> go ahead. Well, uh, I think the biggest thing to watch, just like in general for like any league, is how some of these teams that have a lot of national team players are going to be handling being in their cup competition, being in league competition, being in these international breaks and like players kind of being like, am I going to be healthy going in the world cup? Um, so, I mean, teams like Bayern and Dortmund are starting out strong right now, but like once some of these players are playing like two times a week for like two months, like I'm very interested to see which teams slow down. So like there are teams that are up there right now, like Union Berlin, um, Mainz even they're in sixth place. Uh, these teams are starting off strong and they also don't have the amount of national team players that some of the people above them or even some below them in the case of Leverkusen aren't going to have to have, you know what I mean? And they're not worried about juggling champions League your Europe league. So um, I think it, I would be interested to see if those teams like, like uh, Mainz or Union Berlin or uh, even Gladbach. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'd be interested to see how those teams do once the, bigger teams start um start having to juggle all those competitions yeah yeah i think like you know i don't think this is only applicable to the german league but i think in a lot of the top leagues like you know if you are a team like jake said that doesn't have like you know a lot of international players and are not in like champions league or any other european competitions like this might be the year for you to punch above your weight you know because you know, you just don't have the worries that other teams have. Like when you look at Bayern, like, you know, one through 11, their whole team's, you know, full of internationals. I mean, 
you could probably go one through 20 if you like, yeah, you, know, really. you want to be, you know, just honest about it. So like, you know, having, you know, having the ability to have guys that are going to be coming back from the world cup that, you know, are going to be fresh, you know, before the world cup and in the world cup, it's like having a holiday, you know, you get yeah. to restart your season. So like, yeah, that's a, it's a really pertinent point that like, you know, there are a lot of teams just across the, all the leagues that are going to have the ability to kind of punch up this year. Yeah. So if I'm coming in as a new, newly interested black man or black woman or black non-binary person, um, who are the black players that are going to give me the feels watching Bundesliga? Um, Jamal Musiala right now. I think I think everybody can need Jamal Musiala. He's okay. yeah, he hella black. Nigga named Jamal. Or, <laughs> he's from England. I think he's either eighteen or nineteen right now. Um, I think everybody's gonna be unifying under him. I think this is this is gonna be a gigantic season for him. Mm-hmm. Um, Anthony Modest, who plays, who used to play for Colm, but now plays for Dortmund. Um, he's I thought you ain't even like him. He likes him. that. <laughs> you don't Who like him that? anymore. <laughs> well, weren't you complaining that <laughs> when, when the whole transfer was happening, you were complaining, oh, he's doing this again. I okay, so to explain that. <laughs> <laughs> let, let me let me explain. Let me explain. Um I was initially very mad, but then I thought he's 34. He's never played in Champions League before, ever. He played in Asia, like AFC Champions League when he played in China, but not like UEFA Champions League. He's French, so obviously that carries a little more importance to him. And Dortmund is very set up already to kind of benefit him more than what Colm would be benefiting him with, with like midfield play, setting him up, that kind of stuff. Colm had done it. But, I mean, when you look at the midfield Dortmund have, like, he's going to feast. Yeah. Hopefully. So, I was initially very mad because the last time we we got to Euro, uh, Europa League, he left and we're like, but that was mainly the coach's fault. The coach at that time was very unchanging in his tactics. So, they just kind of mm-hmm. signed another striker who wasn't really like him and they just kind of hoped that he worked out. This manager now is way, way better. You even saw that. They learned Modest wasn't playing, like, on match day against Schalke, and they still won three one. So I became less mad about it after that. So <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't realize uh, I didn't realize Modet had uh, two stints at Cologne. Like that's uh, that's news to me. Yeah, he started all even at Hoffenheim, but he he came to Cologne. He left to China. He came back, was loaned out actually, and then came back, and now he's at Dortmund. Oh, he went and got that Chinese bag. Okay. Yeah, he, oh, yeah. he acquired that. that. <laughs> <laughs> so we got Jamal. We got Anthony. Who else we got? You got a Malik in there? I mean. A Jerome? Well, Mal- there was Malik Tillman. But there, now was, he's there was a Malik. There was a Malik. There was a Malik. You're one year short. black over here, bro. <laughs> um, Biden's got all oh the brothers. God. Yeah, Mainz has well, Mainz doesn't anymore. Uh, but Boetius with Hertha, they still have um, uh, Prince Boateng on on Hertha. He's not like 
really playing that much, but he still, I he brings a sideline energy that I think is very infectious. Um, just because he. Always did. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, uh, gotta gotta timestamp that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you have uh, even on Cone, you have Kingsley Easy Boy. Um, who would be? All right, you ain't got to name no... all of them. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Who, who can we look? But they're out there. They're out there. They're out there. That's good to hear, man. And I lo- I like that the Bundesliga has been buying up a lot of a young American talent mm-hmm. and giving them a shot in first teams. You know, that's a that's you know, if you think super super long term, as soccer in the United States grows more and we get more black youth involved in the game that make it to higher levels of the game and having a big money pathway changes everything bro i think that's, the, that's, that's gonna be the real difference is like once kids can see like i can get baller bread. money <laughs> baller money like that's what kids want they see lebron's and the whoever else is in the nfl the nba uh mlb not so much anymore but they want those big life generational changing uh contracts and they don't know where that exists in soccer yet but you know the bundesliga could be that in the future I think the best thing to happen for a Bundesliga that we still can't really measure yet was Weston McKinney and his path with Schalke. Mm. Um, what he brought to the culture there, even like in 2020 when all that, when all the black square stuff was going down, he like brought what we were trying to bring in MLS. He brought that to Bundesliga. And I think mm. we're still kind of, it's going to be a while to kind of see the impact that his path and how he was like, the dude at Schalke um, as a black American um, kind of worked out, but I think we're going to be seeing that in, in, in like five years, kind of what his Ooh. journey through Bundesliga was like. So mm-hmm. and like the yeah. impact they'll have on newer people. Especially at his age too. Like he was like, a lot of people don't realize it, but like he was in his teens, like early twenties when he was playing at Schalke yeah. and like, you know, for what he was doing at that age, especially being like an MLS product, like coming over from Texas, like, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think a lot of people really like emphasize that the way they should have, because like, you know, you kind of see how they've done it with uh, Christian Pulisic, but like, you know, I think Weston McKinney's story is actually like, you know, the better one, because he was, like Jake said, he was the guy at Schalke, you know, like, and even at Juventus, like, you know, he he's had a couple injury problems, but like, you know, he is the guy, you know, and I think, you know, just seeing that and seeing that, like, you know, Americans have the potential to do that if you, like, you know, if you're a baller, like, I think Jake's right, like, in the future, like, more people are gonna, like, they're gonna look at that and be like, you know, that's what we want to try to emulate more than like, I don't want to say Christian Pulisic, but like, you know, yeah, that's what they want to try to emulate more, especially for kids like us. Yeah. Yeah. So if I can't pronounce any of the German team names, does 50 plus Derner have a pronunciation guide? No, but that's a great idea. (laughs) Actually. (laughs) So the intro for my show, the person that does the intro for my show, Robert, uh, who is one of the coolest people I've ever met. He actually pronounced 
every first team name. So like, I'm still trying to work out getting a website, but like that is something that I should put on there. It's him saying all of those team names. So, or you saying it because we need to hear it with the. We don't need all them fancy umlauts and all that, bro. Like, we, ain't about to, <laughs> we ain't about to do that anyway. I, I'll have the it's less like fa- a clean. I'll have the we less. We just want to be able to say it without sounding crazy, right? I don't want to be like, "What's a word of bree man? Word of bree man? Word of bree man? Word of bro man?" You got anything else? Uh, yeah, actually, hold on. Uh, we're gonna put jake on the spot here uh i know it's two weeks in uh so there might have been some games that uh might have been some big games that we missed already but uh we're gonna get we're gonna put jake on the spot here let's see is there anything in august that um oh actually jake might have lucked out I think Jake lucked out. I think he got lucky, buddy. Uh, the German League doesn't have any big games in uh, August in terms of like big teams playing. Um, I don't think Bayern. Oh, uh, yeah. No, I don't think any of the Bayern games are really big I, games. I would always pencil in Bayern versus Gladbach just because. I was always. just looking at that. <laughs> always pencil that in. Yeah. What uh okay, so uh we'll give you that one. Um tell us a little bit about uh just how those games usually go and then just throw something on the wall for how you think that one's gonna go. So Bayern I feel like this is kind of like a a curse that they put upon themselves for taking Jupp Hecknes from who's like a legendary Gladbach think player and also coach. I think he did both, but the trade-off for taking him and kind of like making him a Bayern legend was that they have to have these very odd games against Gladbach. For example, last year, uh, Gladbach put in that work to them in a DFB call. I think it was 5-1 or something. It was embarrassing. It was like over in the first half. Like for a Bayern game to be over in the first half, it's like, oh, there's some demon stuff going on here. Um it's always a game to watch. Like, I think they're actually in a weaker spot than last year, but like still Bayern usually slips up once or twice and their once or twice is usually to Gladbach. So um, I don't think, I think unfortunately this game comes at a weird time because Bayern is just starting so hot. And um, I don't think they're going to really start slipping up until like October, November kind of area. But still, I mean, you can never count this game out, really. I think Bayern's going to win, but it'll still be – actually, the last time I said it was entertaining, they they whooped Frankfurt. So, <laughs> <laughs> I, I would say, like, just – or, you know what? Actually, I will say this because I always say this on my show. Any Friday game, watch that. Yeah, I don't know exactly. what it is about the league. Friday games are always super, super entertaining. So, like, the Bayern game, 7-1. Uh, the Dortmund Freiburg game from this past weekend was on Friday. Freiburg was up one zero, then Dortmund scores three goals in like ten minutes to 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 blow them out. So if you are if you're not in a position where like you're not going to get fired if your boss sees you watching German league, I always say like <laughs> I always give people a line to tell their boss like, oh, you know, this is the second best team in the league playing whatever, but. 
Um, <laughs> any Friday game, just pencil those in. Those are always super exciting. Word. Um, let's see. All right. We'll get you out of here on this. Um, plug the show and plug the beer. Because the beer <laughs> is the <laughs> shit. Okay. So if you are watching, I do have a definitive date for the beer. It will be here uh, next weekend. Oh, <laughs> heard it here I, first. It's going to be very hard to ship, and I'm working out with uh, the person brewing it, kind of like how to handle like people wanting in the future. So if you're in Chicago, this 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 is your jam. But if you're outside of Chicago, we're still figuring that out. The show he can <laughs> ship it directly. He can ship it directly. Pre-orders, prepayments, and he can ship it directly. He has right. a distiller's license, so he can ship it, but you cannot. Yeah, I cannot. I am a plug. Um, but the show, 50 Plus Derner, is on Thursday at 5.30 Central. Um, I'm starting to try to live stream on things. What? On Twitch. Um, you can... I actually ran into this. Uh, people were like, didn't know that my show just like recorded on there for a week. So even if you miss it, Bod Squad shows up every single time. <laughs> but... <laughs> Uh, this year, I'm starting to do some more fun events. Like we had the poke all pick them that I just kind of scores for. Uh, I usually do something on my show that's like ranking teams or something that's super interactive. And especially for those this who don't year, know what's pokal? Oh, the German Cup, so like the domestic cup for for Germany. Um, I have a fantasy league that if you can you can still kind of join in, but you're going to be a massive disadvantage. Uh, and then there's a lot of U.S. friendlies and stuff this winter and stuff that I'm going to try to get press passes for. So keep a keep an eye on that. There you go. 50 plus Derner. That's five zero. The numbers plus P-O-U-S Derner. D-O-N-E-R. Check it out. Tune in. Subscribe. Like. All that type of shit, man, because we need it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, the Black Bundesliga space is basically just me right now. So if you get (laughs) any type of of support from from the Black community, I get it. It's like, it's not the Blackest League in the world in terms of like culture, but I'm trying. So (laughs) yeah, yeah. And he does a fantastic job of like being thorough, you know, covering games of the week, telling you why this team is doing this or that or should be what. You know, I haven't really seen many shows in this space that are genuinely uh, in the know about what's happening in the league. Like, I think everybody kind of touches on general topics or whatever's trending in, in the news and whatever league. But Jake is super, super, like, actually watching games, actually recording what's happening in those games, actually making predictions, actually, you know, fully, fully in-depth with his show. It's jokes as fuck, so don't think you're going over there getting like ESPN and nothing like that. He works in Microsoft Paint. I'll just yeah. say that. <laughs> but it is it is a fun show to watch. Um, I don't make it all the time, but I do try to pop in regularly. You know, just hear what he's got going on, and you know, just get additional gain from him because you know he makes me interested in it. But it's still something that's very very distant to me. But having him available. To, to have any type of attachment at all is super helpful. You know, you change one person, you change everything. So, yeah, that's that that's my biggest thing is just like it's such an inaccessible league and not because of availability, just because of just how standoffish it can be sometimes. So mm-hmm. my goal is like if 
if one person likes the league or even watches the game after after one of the shows, I'm like, that's a massive dub for me. So it's good to hear that's like working for you, Rocks. Word, word. We appreciate you, man. Thank you for dropping in. Uh, we can't wait until you're back on the show again to talk more Bundesliga. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Oh, one more question, though. Yo. Do you have the strength of the Black Pinta? <laughs> How do you think I made it through this last weekend? <laughs> oh, uh, bonus content. Tell us about that. Yeah, so I, my joke is that I'm unbiased on my show all the time because I try to cover every league equally, but I mean, obviously, everybody probably knows I'm the big FC Cologne fan. I'm the um, creator of FC Cologne Chicago. We had our American meetup this past weekend. It was crazy. Uh, I can't drink alcohol for another month, probably. You'll be drinking tomorrow. <laughs> I will not be drinking tomorrow. But, <laughs> I mean, it was super fun. Um, the FC Cone, like, U.S. Uh, profile is just it's, – it's crazy to see how something I started, like, helped start three years ago even, just, like, where it is now. So – um, it's good. I, I think it's always good to see some, like even for Eintracht Frankfurt, I think it's always good to see a team that's not Dortmund and Bayern's fan culture getting bigger in the U.S. So, Thank you for checking out Chop Soccer Pod Short Corners. For more, check us out on Twitter at Chop Soccer Pod and Instagram at Chop Soccer Pod. You know the vibes.